It's witchcraft. It's 4.20 a.m. Hi, and welcome to the Stoned Witches Hour. On this podcast, two best friends from opposite coasts of the USA tell scary stories about crazy creatures, wild poltergeists, funny, I don't know. Cryptids. Cryptids. Ghostly things. Things that go bump in the night. Scary stories. Horrible, horrific asylums. All the things that Layla hates. True crime. True crimey weird stuff. True crime, ghosty things, representing the best weed, the wildest true crime, and the scariest ghost stories. Oh, you're going to introduce me? (laughs) (laughs) Dang it. You got me again, Shell. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. So I'm Layla. I have the munchies and I'm high and I'm giggly and I'm also Shell. Michelle, I cannot believe that we are still having fun making this podcast and that people are enjoying getting high and spooked right along with us. We always geek out when we see how far away some of you are listening from. So today for our special episode 25, I'd like to give a shout out to Zed, a new listener that gave us a five-star review. Thank you, Zed. And also say hi to our newest listeners from around the world. So yeah, shout out to our new listeners. I'm, I'm going to actually give my shout out to the people of Australia, because, you know, right now, um, Australia is wintertime right now. That's true. That's right. That's right. Southern Hemisphere, wintertime. Hey, wintertime in Australia, listeners. Cuddle up. As we're complaining about how hot we are, they're probably like, you bitches. So hot right now. Oh, my goodness. The heat wave, the lack of water, everything is just absolutely crazy right now. So wild. But yeah, they're in wintertime. Does it snow in parts of Australia? Do you know? I don't know. But for our Australian listeners, hit us up on like email or Instagram or something and let us know. Does it snow in Australia? And the other thing I want to know, besides if it snows there, does anybody keep kangaroos as house pets? Well, that would be interesting. I like the koalas. I mean, they're cute. Oh my God. All sorts of interesting things in and the There's big spiders, like they have the big cute No. Spiders. Okay, I'm done. No more. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm curious about is, does Australia have any cryptids? Ooh. They have cryptids in Australia. No, actually, the, the another interesting question, you know, East Coast, West Coast, Australia versus Africa. Uh, our South African listeners, um, I want to know what cryptids you got going on there because you got some badass animals on your continent so you got to have some badass cryptids would be my guy i think so we should do a worldwide tour cryptids on every continent and just check them all out go everywhere everybody tell us your cryptids we want to know whatever continent you're on tell us your cryptids australia if, if anyone doesn't have cryptids i would say it's probably australia because i think the wildlife there is scary enough on its own. Like we already <laughs> mentioned the big spiders, you know, they've got everything there wants to kill you pretty much. Freaking Tasmanian devil. That's like a cryptid that everybody's aware of and accepts. Right. Yeah, they- <laughs> <laughs> it's like if everybody, it's like if everybody in America and Canada embraced freaking Bigfoot. That's what, they, <laughs> that's what they've done in Australia. Freaking Tasmanian devils are cryptids and they've embraced them. 
Yeah. They just know it's real. You know, they're, they're a little more badass than we are. They can handle their cryptids out in the open. Unlike here in America, we have to hide our cryptids away. Which ironically enough, Tasmanian devils are from Tasmania. But you, you always hear these stories about illegal, what do you call that? Smuggling. Animal smuggling. Smuggling. And there was actually an outbreak of Tasmanian devils in Australia. A, 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 a what? An outbreak of Tasmanian devil smuggling? <laughs> Are they the ones in the cartoon that would spin around really fast? Do they really? I, I don't. I, I imagine they don't really do that, but. I don't know. I've never seen one. But yeah, so I had read this story a while back, a couple of years ago. It, it wasn't like recent where there was like a bunch of Tasmanian devils smuggled into Australia and they got loose into the wild, sandy area. Oh, so like an invasive species. Yeah, and kind of, yeah, and basically did the old reproductive, like bunny rabbits, invasive species bullshit. I gotcha. I don't know. Obviously, they usually with stories like that, they don't post follow-up stories here, a couple of years later. I don't know. Yeah, you want to know, have they proliferated? I didn't, they yeah, I didn't families? know if they contained. I didn't know if they contained them or, or if there is still... A population of them but at one point there was a, a, a legal population of tasmanian devils in australia my cat is meowing crazily in the background so hopefully he will be quiet it's his birthday today your cat's birthday milo is three today now is this the cat that you told us in episode one that you weren't keeping yes <laughs> <laughs> and is he my boy now and do i love him and are we celebrating his birthday in style also, yes. 25 episodes later, the cat's a part of the family. <laughs> the cat is now part of the fam. Yes. And as you all know, he is chipped. And so we did get some of his information, like his original name and his birthday and where he was from. Unfortunately, the, the contact people on his chip never responded after months of trying to get in touch with them. So, or fortunately, because we adore him. So he's part of the family now. His name is Milo, but we know he's three today. He's three. Happy birthday, Milo. Happy birthday, kitty kitty. Speaking of kangaroos and Australia, the cryptid that I'm going to talk about today, some people say resembles in some ways a kangaroo. Oh, does it have a pouch? That's all I want to know. Does it have a pouch? I wish I could say yes, but no. There have been a couple random reports, but they're very minor that said that they were marsupial-like. Most just said that it was kind of about the height, three to four feet tall, like a short kangaroo. And it kind of had the hind quarters and stood upright and moved similarly to a kangaroo. So that's about where the similarities end. Is the stoned girl, I have to ask about the pouch, duh. Yeah, well, yeah, where else are you going to stash your weed? Right? Yeah, you got to have a place to put your glass, you're going to break it. (laughs) That's probably why I imagine that cryptids carry silicone, right? Because... (laughs) I love those silicone pipes, right? Unless you're a marsupial cryptid, you you don't got pockets, so you have to carry the unbreakable. You must, you know, I I have a feeling that we've both got to be smoking some good stuff today. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I am still smoking on my homegrown because you know me, I'm a cheap ass bitch and I like things to be good and not expensive. So I'm smoking my delicious straw Nana, but I'm also splurged a little bit because I got to keep up with my my heavy hitter THC shell. So I needed to get something a little special. What'd you get? What'd you get? Looks boring as hell. It looks just plain, you know, regular old standard looking green with the orange hairs, lightly frosted. It's called apple fritter. Ooh, apple and it's fritter. Mills. 
Yes, it smells amazing. It smells so delicious. Sweet. You know that that really light green scent when you smell that, you're like, oh yeah, that's weed. Can I have some? (laughs) That smell. I bet it doesn't taste like an apple fritter though, does it? It does not. And it also does not taste like it smells. Damn it. Does Does that just mean when you smoke it, the first thing you want is an apple fritter? Probably the munchies are off the chart, absolutely off the chain. So (laughs) interestingly enough, I I like to eat cheese with my apple fritters or apple pie. You ever have like a nice sharp cheddar with your apple pie? Absolutely not. (gasps) Shell, it's so good. It's delicious. I love cheese too. (laughs) You should try it. It's, It's one of those things that when you first hear it, it doesn't sound good, but a nice sharp cheddar with a really good apple pie or apple fritter is so delicious. And interestingly, this sweet smelling apple fritter bud tastes kind of cheesy. You know, that kind of cheese funky taste that some buds have. Yeah. I don't always love it. It's okay. In this particular case, it's a little more just green and funky with that kind of little hit of cheese. So it's not bad, but it's weird that it doesn't taste like it smells. Interesting. But it's good. And you would be very happy to know that this has like a super high THC of um, 32 to 35%. That's what I like to hear. Good stuff. It's described as being euphoric and creative, but I would say only in the sense of talking about growing weed on Mars again, if we wanted to have, you know, really out there conversations, probably not a good good strain for getting things done. This is, this is not the go to work cultivar. This is the, (laughs) (laughs) this is the, this is the get rid of your pain. This is help you go to sleep. If you're, especially if you are a, uh, not as regular user, I would go light on a, on a cultivar that has this high of a THC because I'm a regular user and I can immediately feel it right in my eyes and it's going (laughs) to knock somebody out, put you right to sleep in a beautiful, blissful coma. You'll be just so happy. But uh, but yeah, so go light if, if you're not a regular user. Otherwise, enjoy to your heart's content, but don't expect to get any work done. Just now expect I- to be happy and comfortable and and uh, hopefully not eating too many apple fritters. How about you, Shell? What are you smoking over there today? Obviously not that good a shit. Damn. <laughs> you always come back with some amazing, amazing cultivars. You have some fabulous stores out there. I'm very happy with your uh, with your selections. What did you find today? Today, I have gone back to a, a, a good standby, the GMO Skittles. I love GMO. I looked at those. You know, it's it's interesting. I wonder, East Coast, West Coast aside... A lot of times the the strains or the cultivars that are popular there are also similar ones that are popular here. Um, Yeah, just because of legality now, is there bigger distributors that can kind of distribute some to the legal states, whatever state it is? I think access to seeds uh, from the legal states makes that easier. I know you're not technically supposed to cross state lines with a lot of them, but I'm sure they have different rules for these places that have um, like more wholesale places, not like you giving me seeds or something. Right, exactly. They may have different wholesale. Yeah, I'm sure they have access to a lot of the same things. So it's interesting to see a lot of times um, something that I looked at, at at my local shop 
you'll mention that that you got, or sometimes we'll get something, you know, the same or around the same time. So I love seeing that things are kind of starting to spread and, and be more. I just love that you grew that straw Nana because that was some good shit when so I. So good. It. I love it. I love it. It's fabulous. It's fabulous. You'll have to come out and have some. But this this is kind of a uppity high. Like you can do shit, talk, hang out. You know, I wouldn't say it's a power nap high. It's a getting shit done high. I like it. I love those. You know me. I love my middle of the road. And now, I guess, depending on who you talk to, anything over 20% THC is considered high. But I think with the way things have been growing nowadays, we're going to have to kind of raise that that bar up a little bit because you're consistently coming in with over 30% THCs. Right. So if if you're using the scale, like some of these places like WikiLeaf or Leafly, and they're saying high is anything over 20%. I think they're kind of missing the boat on where things are nowadays. Well, one thing I've noticed, there are starting to be some stores to pop up around here that have a different pricing scale. It's kind of based on THC level. So you can get, it's kind of like a low, medium, high. So the low is going to be like your maybe 13 to 18s. 13 to 19s. And then your mid is going to be like 19 or 18 or 19 to maybe 25, 27. And then high is going to be anything over 25, 27. That makes sense. So then there's the pricing scale difference too. You know, like the level one, the newbie THC levels are like 25, 35 bucks, mid range, 35, 45 bucks. And then the top the top levels, you're looking at 50, 60 bucks for an eighth. Wow. Yeah. Those prices absolutely need to come down. Right. <laughs> they really do. Especially because I, I know a lot of times the farmers are not the ones that are benefiting from those high prices. It's the middleman or the, the, the end seller and everybody should, you know, make their money on this. I'm not saying people need to go broke. There's a fine line between making money and being greedy. Don't be greedy. Exactly. Don't be greedy. Exactly. I think I'm worried that once we start seeing the markets take off and people see how easy it is to grow and how how much of a overstock a lot of these places will start to get because they, they it is able to grow a lot in a very small space. And so it's, it's going to get bigger and bigger. And then the prices are going to start to fall. And I worry that once that happens, these corporations will try to do a money grab in order to keep their profits and start making home grows illegal because that's the only way they'll be able to corner the market and keep the prices artificially high. Oh, shit. Why, oh, why would you think of that? Because yeah. that's been my crusade from the very beginning. Anytime there has been any type of law in the works, you have to support the groups that are making sure that home grow language gets included in any type of legalization. If your area is considering some type of laws or regulations, make sure that you sign petitions and fund groups that are fighting for home grows. Because it's even if you don't grow at home, having that option available prevents corporations from cornering the market and inflating prices. Well, even here, I think you can only have like three plants per adult in the household. Yeah. And they usually cap it at a certain number per household, even if you had a lot of adults there. So there there are limits and I would like to see those raised as well. I think people should be able to, even without a medical license, should be easily able to grow, you know, a hundred plants, as many plants as they would like for personal use. Well, 
one of these days I'll figure out how to grow. <laughs> it's a big money saver, especially when eighths are going, the good eighths are going for $60, $60. That's a lot. And, yeah. and money doesn't grow on <laughs> cannabis trees. <laughs> I guess for some people it does, but not necessarily for us. Good pot does. Good pot does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am loving what you are smoking today. You're definitely in a good mood <laughs> and super giggly. So that is some good GMO Skittles right there. You know what I forgot to tell you that I actually, so I got a PAX pod because I'm going away with my parents next weekend. And Always good for the discreet toke. Correct. Correct. So I, I go and I get a PAX pod is, so I can start packing for my trip. And I realize that when I put it away, I had a full one in there. Ooh. So oh, surprise. that's like finding money in your pocket. That's even better. So not only I forgot that not only have I been smoking the GMO Skittles, but I was also puffing on my PaxPod vape. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. And of course they have all different flavor, not flavors. What's the word? Terpenes. Ooh. Terpenes. Yes. And they're like, you can never get a terpene that is basically the same in a vape as is in a weed. This is called lime fire skunk. I'm drinking a seven up to go with it. <laughs> oh, you got like the whole lemon lime kick going. Nice. Nice. It's a theme. It's thematic in Salem it's, today. It's very thematic today. <laughs> very summertime. All the citrus. I don't get the pods that often or the cartridges. I think they're a little wasteful. There's always a little at the end, man, that I can't get out. Right. Drives me nuts. I'm such a Scrooge. I have to like use every little thing. That's right. Waste not, want not. That's right. So yeah, I don't tend to get those often, but man, are they fantastic for being stealthy and super discreet. So nice. You would think as a adult, I would not going from a legal state to a legal state that I wouldn't have to hide the fact that I'm going to be smoking, but that's a day in the life of vacationing with your parents, even as an adult. Since you brought it up and it's legal, <laughs> let's talk about smoking with your parents, going on vacation with your parents and, and bringing weed. Now, are do they know you smoke? You're a full-ass adult with full-ass adult children. Do your parents know that you smoke the wacky weed? Um, I do not believe the parents I am going vacationing with do. And we, you know, some parents are just better left in the dark, even in their mid seventies. Now your dad was in, let's just say in a law enforcement type capacity back in the day, it was not something that we ever brought up to him that, and he looked like Gorbachev. Correct. I remember that. I remember that. But like, even now that it's legal, he's just not an accepting person. Right. Yeah. That's just not in his worldview. So you bringing a vape is, is a lifeline for you because this is, you know, it's odorless. You can do it quietly, discreetly. You could even say it's cigarettes because I'm sure those would be okay with him. I'm a cigarette smoker. I don't like it. It's a dirty habit. I'll admit it. But here I am. I'm not allowed to smoke around my dad either. I'm kind of treated like I'm still 10 years old. So even cigarette smoking is not except like, like on this trip, I'm actually going to have to like walk away, hide. Like he knows I smoke, 
but he just can't witness it. You know, some people are just like that. Now, for me, I've mentioned before that like the first time I got high was accidentally at a party my dad was having. And uh, he's someone that I have smoked with pretty regularly, even as recently as like this year. So, and my mother is fully aware that I smoke. She actually is a CBD enthusiast. She loves CBD. She has muscle pain, joint pain, and it helps her quite a bit with that, as well as uh, keeping an emotional stability when dealing with uh, family trauma. <laughs> well, my mother is a whole different story. My mother has actually bought weed off of me before, but she's not a part of the parent group going on this particular trip. That's a no fun. But no, when I'm around my mother, I just, you know, pull out the pipe. Here I go. But when I when I'm with my father, we're we're vaping in a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does seem that the boomer generation tends to be more they're more caught up in like the reefer madness and, you know, the, the misconceptions that were prolific at that time. Well, I, I actually, I have, I have a parent from each of the stereotypical groups from, from the boomer age. I have a, I have a parent that buys into reefer madness, like nobody's business. And then I have a parent who is peace, love, happiness, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Right. Right. So I, I kind of have that coming at me from both opposite directions. And sometimes that's how it goes, you know, and, and I don't know how best to bring up that conversation. You know, we all kind of have to figure out how that is in our own families, you know, and, and what, what's acceptable and what's not acceptable for those. But I, I will say this though, if my father does not know that I smoke marijuana then I have done a very good job over the last 30 years of being super high in front of him and him not knowing it. Never knowing. That's right. <laughs> I think I like to follow my husband's rule. You know, when you meet people, just make sure you're stoned right off the bat. And then they'll never know anything they, different. That's right. that's right. First day of work, make sure you go in high as fuck so that they, they get used to you that way. And then no one's surprised. It's good advice. Good advice. Stay tuned for more tips by Layla. There you go. <laughs> Don't you probably shouldn't get high at work. Actually, you no. probably shouldn't. You probably should, actually. <laughs> Most jobs, never mind. <laughs> Wrong podcast. So yeah, so good smoke and good stories today. Okay, so cryptid. Today I am talking about a creepy cryptid called Chupacabras. I have been waiting for you to talk about Chupacabra for so long. It's so good. It's such a good story. It's so scary. And and this one is fun because it's a relatively recent cryptid. It's kind of a new addition to cryptozoology. Like how new, how new are you talking? 1995. Chupacabra has only been around since 1995. Now, there have been some stories and there are some older references to chupacabra but the the legend that we all kind of know of the goat sucker the the blood sucking evil looking creature in uh, south america and the southwest u.s that really only started in 1995 no shit no that shit was, that was only a year after i had my first kid no. like i thought chupacabra was like hundreds of years old i am i am today years old finding this out I, I also thought that it was older, but no, Chupacabras are 1995. That's when the first one. And there are a lot of theories as to maybe they're aliens or the pets of aliens or yes. that they're 
some type of an escaped U.S. genetic mutation gone wild. Oh, I vote for aliens. Alien pets sounds really fun, right? Or alien pets. Aliens or alien pets. That's my vote. Yeah, I'm I'm super curious. But yeah, so that's what I'm going to be talking about today. What are you talking about today? So AAA, we all know AAA. Yeah. I actually have a AAA card. AAA puts out a list of most haunted roads in America each year. Do they really? AAA puts out the most haunted roads in America? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So one of the most haunted roads in America just happens to be here in Massachusetts. So we are going to... Of course it is. Of course it is. is. Um, I had to laugh because you know how sometimes when you think something in your head, like when you're reading something, you're, you, you think you read what it was. And I thought it said redheaded stepchild. <laughs> oh, no. There is um, a, a, a road called Route 44, um, and there is what's called the Redheaded Hitchhiker. Oh, a hitchhiker ghost story. I like and, it. Yep. So um, per AAA, this is a good one. So we're going to go to Route 44 um, in Massachusetts. AAA. Who would have thought? Damn so, AAA. So we do have to address the elephant in the room here that is we we didn't do a switch we said last week we we're gonna do switch we didn't do switch we got too high and forgot people let's be got, real yeah we got too high so we're gonna try again next week i will look for a haunted asylum or building i've actually already put a sticky note on my computer to do the lalori mansion but we just as you can tell from when we were talking about what we were smoking Layla and I got some really good shit this week. Yeah. We just got too fucked up and forgot. Too Too high. It happens. Hey, it's episode 25, man. I cannot believe six months in, we've done 25 regular episodes. How amazing is that? It's pretty cool. And you know what? We've got a listener or two (laughs) that are related to us. Yeah. (laughs) That aren't one of my brothers or one of our friends. I love that. Although some of our friends do listen. Hey. You know, I speaking of our friends who listen, we have a friend who listens. And I just want to give this 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 poor guy some love. Oh. This guy, we've talked about him. He has participated in two of our stories that we've talked about um, in our 25 episodes. Shout out to Tom. We love you, dude. Um, we love you, man. Always a fun ghost hunter with us. He, he, did, man. he was with me when uh, when I did Fallbrook Cemetery, and he was with us when we went to Connecticut Hills Cemetery. That's um, right. Much love to Tom. He needs it. And, and we need to do a ghost hunt with Tom before the end of the summer. Uh, I am so down for that. We, You know, I think let's plan it right now, Shell. Let's put a pin in it. Tom, let's- if you're listening... We're doing a freaking ghost hunt and you still better own that creepy van for us to go in. Tom, Mel, both of you. Where's that creepy van? We need bring, to go on a ghost hunt. Bring the mystery van. <laughs> Head into a cemetery. That's right. Damn it. <laughs> that would be so much fun. How great would that be? We have got to find an East Coast cemetery. I'll be there. I'll bring some great weed. Ooh. And we'll get really high and really spooky. But yeah, you know, we've got some we've got some great friends that listen. We've got some great family that listen and we've got some great listeners all around the world. And we just love you guys. 
I wish we could do a smoke sesh with all of our listeners. How fun would that be? That's why I really love your idea for book four of your stories to make it weed stories. We want to hear your weed adventures. What's the best cultivar you've ever smoked? What's your favorite? What was your least favorite? What's your funniest buying weed story? Tell us all about it. Did you ever have a creepy paranormal event happen while you were getting really high with your friends? What's the scariest place you ever smoked up? Imagine if you saw a ghost for the first time and you were high, you'd probably shit yourself. If any, if that's happened to anybody, I want to know. I want to know. I also would like to know. I think we really need to do high ghost hunts. Yes. We'll get some super yummy weed with crazy high THC content. We'll get everybody super big. Kind of like those... Like, have you ever seen the wine, like the paint and drink things? Oh, yeah. They paint a little picture and drink their hearts out. I actually did a paint and puff. And one of the presenters had to leave because we smoked so much weed. She couldn't stand up straight anymore. But anyway, we. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. But so, so they have paint and puff. We should do. A haunt and puff. Ghost and smoke. Smoke and ghosts? I don't know. And ghosts. Ooh, actually, that, that kind of sounds like a strip club advertisement. Smoke How and do ghosts. we always end up there? We always do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we should come up with something like that. And we should have some of our listeners come with us. We'll bring the weed. We'll find some haunted location. And we'll go do a paranormal ghost tour. We'll just get really super high. Oh my God, that would be so fun. And see if that helps us take better orb photos. (laughs) You and your damn orb photos. But I love them. They're so great. If they're fake and if they're bugs, how come they all show up where there's a ton of paranormal activity? Answer me that. How come in places where people report tons of ghosts, there's tons of orbs? How come if it's dust and bugs, I don't always get orbs just taking pictures around my house? I want to know. Maybe you should do a whole episode on orbs. I do think they're mysterious enough that there's something there, but it, yeah, they're probably all dust and bugs, but I don't know. There's something about them that's kind of magical and weird. And I just want to know. Maybe I should do, but well, orbs aren't really West coast or East coast. They're, they're universal. They belong to us all. They belong to us all. But- <laughs> You know, I I was just on Route 66. Now you're on Route 44. So I'm feeling a vibe here. Why don't you tell me about this hitchhiker? I love redheads. Now, okay. So we all know that I am from New York and moved to Massachusetts. Well, these people here, they say words and names that I don't understand where they get the pronunciation. Because if you look at how it's spelled and how it's pronounced, they're two different things. Worcester people, Worcester. That's all I want to say right now. Explain yourselves. Yeah, like I need to know this. Mm -hmm. Who decided that was pronounced Worcester? And then, you know, they got all these these other towns. So this one I'm probably going to mutilate. And, you know, probably my my darling boyfriend is going to laugh at me. Okay, I'm going to listen for the laughing. Go for it. So Route 44, (laughs) now I'm going to laugh, is near... Seekonk and Rehoboth. Seekonk <laughs> <laughs> and Rehoboth. 
Hold on. Hold on. I, I'm, I'm either too high or not high enough for this. All right. Try again. <laughs> it's bad. They don't spell things the way they pronounce them. And that that's true. Makes, I'm not going to blame you. I, and I that makes the- me look stupid when it's really the people of Massachusetts. <laughs> You're going to blame a whole state. <laughs> I am. Worcester. To, to, <laughs> it's true. That's true. That one right there just kind of explains a whole lot of things. Massachusetts, I'm sorry. Worcester proves that you're in the wrong here. Rehoboth. I think that's correct. Rehoboth. And Seekonk. <laughs> How do you add letters and then act like I'm the idiot pronouncing it? Then Worcester, they take letters out. When are you supposed to add them and when are you supposed to take them out? We don't know the rules. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to, okay, people, we're going to leave it at this. It's you know, our, Google has a pronunciation guide if you want to look it up. They can I, tell actually, you. I actually tried to, and it doesn't for this town. Because it's but so bad. Okay. It's, okay, so, so folks, just to give you a better idea of, besides my mispronunciations, it's right across the Massachusetts border from Providence, Rhode Island. There. Okay, so it's Seekonk? Maybe. And Rithobath? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> All I know is there's a town called Saugus and I just call it sausage. Sausage. Yeah. Yeah. Again, they add some in, they take some out. So we're going with Seekonk and Rehoboth. I guess. Yeah. Okay. We're going to go with that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so this place where Route 44 is. <laughs> Route 44, Massachusetts. That's easy to say. Route 44, um, the way I, obviously it's longer than this, but it'll take you directly from Providence, uh, Rhode Island to Plymouth, Pilgrim country. Okay. So it kind of crosses the state like that right above Cape Cod. So one of the most popular, you know, like I said, AAA, they think that this is one of the most haunted roads in America. I can't get over the fact that AAA of all places (laughs) publishes our most haunted roads. I love that. And, and just to kind of speak to that real quick, I think part of that is, is there's now more of an interest in stuff like this. That's very true. And it keeps AAA relevant. <laughs> but yeah, so there's this guy, the, the hitchhiker of Route 44, the redheaded hitchhiker of Route 44. This is a road uh, that'll actually a lot of people have died along this stretch of road including a man that matches the redheaded hitchhiker's description. This is probably, I, if I remember correctly from when I was reading, this is about three or four decades worth of sightings. That long. Yeah. So now here's the problem. 40 years ago was the 80s. That's true. So and in my mind, it really wasn't that long ago because it was the 80s. Right. It was just yesterday. Right. Just yesterday. So no one really knows for sure who the redheaded hitchhiker is, but they, it does fit someone's description that died on that road. It's kind of during this stretch of town, this particular road gets into a kind of woodsy near some bogs, therefore foggy at night kind of atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Ripe for ghost stories. Ripe for ghost stories, but also ripe for accidents and people crashing their cars and dying. Good point. Good point. Yes. To then create said ghosts. 
So this guy is described as being more than six feet tall, well-built, having red hair and a red beard. And he's often seen wearing Mm. jeans or work pants. Sounds hot, actually. I know, right? And he's always described as wearing a red flannel shirt, sometimes tucked in and sometimes not tucked in. Also my type. So people like, let's just say that people are seeing him clear enough to basically, some people say his shirt was tucked in and other people say it wasn't tucked in. Like they're describing his clothes. They're clear visions. Some travelers seen him as well kept, but have also seen him with um, like disheveled hair and dirty hair. Interesting. People who've come, come in contact with him can tell that he's not human by his eyes, which are described sometimes as lifeless. Ooh. So they see some hot, you know, 90s looking flannel, red beard, hair, and sometimes he's neat and sometimes he's disheveled, like even to the point where his shirt is untucked. He's all sexy except for the dead eyes. Yeah. And out of all the people who've seen him over the the decades, the real only discrepancy in the description ends up being with the eyes themselves. Every single person has described him exact, except except for there's discrepancies in what people say about his eyes. What are they? What do they say different? Um, Some people say there's no eyes. They're just black holes. Some people say that they're just lifeless. Like, you know how when you look at someone, they just look like they're just out there. Yeah. But other people have have described as just a void of black hole and no eye in the eye socket kind of thing. Wow, that sounds creepy. I'm curious. Hot, hot, sexy guy with no (laughs) balls. I'm pretty curious about the um, the fact that he looks different, you know, like in some ways he's clean cut and sometimes he's disheveled. I wonder if that's like two separate times or something or you know how sometimes you know ghosts that kind of appear he had, he had ghost work to do and he hadn't gotten a chance to clean up his ghosty self before he went out for his nightly haunting maybe it's the the i'm i'm a lumberjack and i'm going to work in the morning all clean cut and then i've had a hard day lumberjacking and i'm going to come home all disheveled and sweaty and sexy right right my manly redhead lumberjack ways with creepy eyes no matter which way you see them I think I dated that guy. I think you did. I remember him. (laughs) (laughs) But most of the encounters follow a similar pattern. Tell me this ain't some creepy shit. Because I love a good, like, actually, I actually, I'm going to try to convince my boyfriend who's an avid listener. So sweetheart, when you're listening to this, we are, you're taking me here. So we got to figure out when. Hey, Um, Shell, sweetheart, please take her to Route 44. I got to travel on Route 66. I'm going to t- do some pictures. Shells should travel on Route 44 and do some pictures. It'll be fun. Listen to this shit. So if you're if if you're driving, um, and you're you'll you will see a man in or alongside the road. And like if he's in the road, you won't see him until like you're four feet away from him and run him over. Oh no, that's scary. When people like when something like all of a sudden is there when you're driving, I hate that. But then when you look in your rearview mirror, because you think you just hit someone, he's still standing there. Like you drive through him. What? Like you, you think you hit him, but then you look in the rearview mirror and he's still standing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, creepy. Or 
he will be on the side of the road, like just walking or hitchhiking. The guy is like so visually there that people have actually pulled over and stopped to pick him up to offer him a ride. Oh, wow. A lot like some of the other ghostly hitchhiker stories. Yeah. So like this isn't just you think you see something and then it's gone. Like people legit think it's a person. Right. And check this shit out. He'll interact with the person. No way. He'll thank you for picking him up and giving you a ride. And then he'll eventually vanish. (gasps) Much like the lady in white ones where they vanished, leaving a puddle of water in the seat. Well, there wasn't a puddle of water left in the seat, but yeah, he'll just be like, thank you for picking me up. I appreciate it. Poof gone. Wow. I wonder what his story was. I wonder, I wonder if, if that was like a real person and something happened to him. Not only does he interact with the person and then eventually vanish before their eyes or will no longer be there when they turn to look, but it's usually followed by some type of audio finale where he laughs, yells at them or taunts them. What? Yes. No. So he's going to fuck with you too. So he's going to thank you and then he's going to laugh at you or taunt you or yell at you. Like, if I'm going to pick you up, you ghosty bastard, don't laugh and yell at me. Why are you going to yell at me? I picked you up. I wonder if he, like, do they drop him off somewhere and that's when he thanks them? Or does he, like, in the middle of the ride, just be like, hey, thank you, you stinky dirtbag, and then disappears? I think it's like that. No one ever really said anything about dropping him off. He disappears in your car. Wow. Wow. Um, A woman, uh, one woman. What a rude hitchhiker. One, one lady was driving by herself in the evening and she reported that she stopped to pick up a hitchhiking redheaded man. And when he went to grab the door handle of her car, he disappeared and then her car battery died and she heard a man laughing at her, although he was no longer there. <gasps> 10 minutes later, the car started, but not before the woman had started to break down and kind of a mental breakdown of fright. 10 minutes is a long time when you're out in the middle of nowhere and you just hear her disembodied laughter. One man was driving alone and he saw the redheaded, redheaded man on the side of the road. He stopped and called out to the man who started to walk towards him. And as he got slower, got, as he got closer, the guy slowly faded away until he had completely disappeared. I cannot even imagine having someone walk closer to me and then just like, gradually disappeared in front of you. Another person had the hitchhiker appear that they didn't even pull over. They just had the redheaded hitchhiker appear in the backseat of their car that they could see through the rear view mirror. The radio started to scan stations uncontrollably. And then it became so loud. It shook the car. And then the redheaded hitchhiker disappeared and began laughing through the radio speakers of the car. Oh, wow. Interesting, the electronic phenomena that seems to accompany this redheaded trickster spirit. And that's what kind of tips me off, because when that starts happening, I tend to more believe it's real. Yeah, yeah. Another local legend says that whenever there's three people driving in the same car on Route 44, the redheaded hitchhiker appears in the empty seat, making it the fourth person. Imagine being the guy in the freaking back seat. I volunteer to ride with you guys. I'll go, I'll go with you. Pick me up. I'll fly out <laughs> and we'll make it a trip. And, and you can sit back there and ask him like where he's from and what happened. I'll roll joints. 
We'll go out at the witching hour. We'll go on Route 44 at 4.20 a.m. with lots of joints. And uh, I'll see if I can offer this hot redhead. Oh, gosh. I hope my husband forgives me. I don't think he's that hot. I'm just going to smoke up with him. That's all. We don't even know what he looks like. We just have a description. Hey, it's the lumberjack thing. Can't help it. (laughs) But like the one thing, the one thing I haven't been able to, to kind of find in this story is it did say that this guy met the description of someone who died on that road, but they never say who it is. Right, right. One of those. Yeah, I know who it was. It was a person who died, but I'm not going to offer any corroborating information. The earliest written record of occurrences was by a guy named Charles Turek Robinson in his 1994 book, New England Ghost Files. And he does describe several encounters in detail. Here's one that'll freak you out. This, oh my God, I don't even, I'd rather have the hitchhiker appear in my car. So check this out. Some accounts are, he will be outside your window while you're driving like 40 miles an hour as if he were running 40 miles no, an hour. No, no, uh-uh, no, that's not acceptable. Ghosts should not do that. That's rude. So like you're driving and he's keeping up pace outside your car window. What kind of mean trickster is this guy? I mean, these are like nasty tricks. Yeah. These aren't funny. These aren't funny jokes. It's almost like he thinks he's being funny, but that's that's not funny. There was a couple in 2001, boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, husband and wife, I don't know. They broke down on the road about 10 p.m. The woman stayed in the car while the man went to get help. And they actually both had their own separate experiences. The man saw him on the side of the road and was trying to talk to him and like ask him, I don't know, for directions or help or whatever. And the redheaded uh, hitchhiker began yelling at him and disappeared, laughing at him from all directions, trying to kind of make him crazy. Wow. And then the woman. That would be scary. The woman was sitting in the car and all of a sudden with the car turned off, no power onto the car, the radio turns on and his voice comes over the radio taunting her until she ran screaming from the car. That wouldn't take very long for me. (sighs) Yeah, seriously, seriously. But nobody really gives a like I said, nobody's really giving a name, but like everybody in the town knows about it. Law enforcement hates the attention. You know, the police don't like the attention it brings to the town. So this guy who wrote this book in 94, he made several attempts to try to quote unquote reach out to the ghost and wasn't able to. But strange things did happen. He just didn't see the redheaded hitchhiker. The first time he had a tire explode when there was nothing visibly in the road that could have popped the tire. Uh, the second time his car just randomly stalled for a few minutes and then just all of a sudden started working again. Almost like the redheaded ghost wasn't going to appear to him, but was going to mess with him. Right. While he was waiting for the tow truck driver, he was hearing noises most of the night in the woods, um, rustling. It didn't sound, he says it didn't sound like an animal. It sounded like something kept walking away from him and then walking to him. He didn't turn his radio on because he was afraid that the guy would talk through it. Turned his his cell phone off because he was a little freaked out, but never was able to kind of entice the redheaded hitchhiker to come out. So he kind of thinks that maybe he knew he was coming and didn't want to give him what he wanted. 
Yeah, it almost sounds like that. Like, like he didn't want to have anything to do with the investigator, but he was willing to kind of fuck with him a little bit. But, you know, it kind of gets passed through the town, like kind of like a highway boogeyman. Basically, anytime anything bad happens, the hitchhiker takes the blame for everything (laughs) on that road. Yeah. It is definitely something that enough people have encountered that it seems like there's substance to it. It's just that no one has been able to necessarily produce a, this is who we think it is. Right. No, no good solid origin story. Just a lot of corroborated sightings. Right, right. Nobody can necessarily say this was John Smith that was a lumberjack in 1981 who got killed on this road doing blah, blah, blah. But there's enough corroborating evidence that that there's something there. It's just no backstory. Right. Interesting. Wow. That's one of those mysteries. Right. I want to go to Route 44 and get a hitchhiker. Yeah, you should ask him. Be like, hey, what's your name? What's your story? Maybe he just needs a ghostly uh, reporter. I know. We'll, we'll kind of do a like a like like Geraldo, you know, tell your side of the story. Let's tell see. us. Yep. Yep. So I, I want to before the end of the summer, I want to go see what the redheaded hitchhikers got to say and what his deal is. That sounds like fun. Count me in. I'll be the third. We'll keep that fourth seat open and I will roll lots of joints for the redheaded hitchhiker so that we can get his story. What you need to do is just keep blowing the smoke in the seat next to you. Entice him with weed. It works. Have have you seen that Snapchat filter that turns you into the motion capture, turns you into the motion capture stick figure? No, I haven't. People have been using that for ghost hunting because every once in a while, if you have a ghost in your room, it'll put a stick figure on the ghost if it sees a ghost in the room. And I saw a video of someone doing this Snapchat filter and, you know, they're kind of moving around in the room and they've got the motion capture stick figure on them. And all of a sudden next to them appears a child size stick figure and it's dancing a little bit too. And she realizes on the screen that there's a person there. And so she looks at it and reaches her hand down and the stick figure reaches its hand up and touches hers. I don't know what this is. It's probably that computers and video gets paradelia too. It sees figures and faces. (laughs) I wish you guys could see Shell's face right now. She is completely motionless. Absolutely shocked. shocked. I want to get Snapchat just to try this. So I'm pretty sure it's just seeing figures and faces where there aren't any, because this is not the first filter that people have said is a good ghost hunting filter. I'm pretty sure it's just kind of like, paradelia but i don't know that one seemed like it was i don't know i don't know that's the thing i don't know and it seems like fun and and it's i mean that seemed an awful lot like uh it was interacting with her so even if it is just the app seeing things that aren't there and trying to fill in the blanks it was kind of copying what she was doing and it like high-fived her so creepy stuff okay so since you have snapchat already get this filter uh, well, also, because also you're in a, you're, you're staying in a, we're just going to call it a, a semi-haunted house. Yeah, it's definitely got some activity. So I want to see if you have any interaction on the Snapchat filter where you are currently located. Okay, I'll do that. Oh my gosh, that's going to be so scary. I'll do that later. And we'll, if we get anything, we'll put it up on our Instagram. 
Um, is there a way, see, I don't do Snapchat. I'll have to, cause now I'm intrigued by this, this filter. Is there a way for your phone to record while you're doing, like, could you record it so that if you did get something, you'd be able to go back and see it again? Yes. Okay. But yeah, we'll have to try it and see. It'll be great fun. I want to know what you got in your house. Oh my gosh. I do too. I want to know what's here. Creepy stuff. So what story do you've got today? Well, like I said, I'm going to do a cryptid today. I'm going to do something that's very famous across the Southwest and in California. I still can't believe 1995. I am blown away. I am blown away. Especially because in a recent episode, you brought up the news story about the Texas Zoo in Amarillo that said that they had a possible chupacabra sighting. Right, 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 right. (laughs) And we talked about that. They have some surveillance camera video of what looks like a maybe a wolf-like creature with maybe scales or something down its back. A wolf, up on goat, two legs. Person. Yeah. yeah, wolf, goat, dog thing. It's definitely got a long snout and big ears. Not really sure what it is. Could be a person in a costume. Could be a chupacabra. It, you know, I saw the footage from the Texas Zoo, and I really don't think it was a person in a costume. I yeah. really don't. And even in, so that was the most recent sighting I've heard of. And in 2017, I was had just moved to Riverside, California. And in Riverside County, there were actually sightings of chupacabras. Right when you moved there? The same month. The same month that I moved there. Yeah. So it was uh, 2017 and there was a sighting. Well, actually, I should probably say what a chupacabra is first. If you've never heard of it, a chupacabras is a creature. It's a cryptid that was first reported in Puerto Rico and also in Mexico, Texas, New New Mexico, California, California. Florida, all over the United States. The original sighting said that it was about three to four feet tall and it looked like it had like a reptilian head and a big mouth with lots of teeth in it. And down its back, it would have like a row of spikes or some type of spiky quills that would come down there either to a tail. Sometimes they said it had like a very skinny hairless tail, like a rat tail. Oh, Yeah, they said that they had very, very scary fangs, big claws. All of them reported having three fingers and three toes. And they say that it's the size of a big dog or a small bear, about three to four feet in height. And often they say that it looks like it might be part kangaroo. (laughs) So some sort of like reptilian, porcupine, bear-like, hairless dog, rat tail, kangaroo thing. Now, I happen to know something about a chupacabra. Okay, what do you know? You know what I know? What? That the name chupacabra comes from like a, it's a derivative of vampire. Chupacabras literally means sucker of goats. Because they drink blood of shit they eat. That's right. Yep. Chupacabras means sucker of goats. Goat you, have a, you have more chance of becoming a vampire from a chupacabra than you do a bat. I've never heard of people turning into chupacabras, but I have heard that they do suck the blood of of their victims. And that's where in 1995 in Puerto Rico, these, I believe it was about eight farm animals were found and they were completely drained of blood, exsanguinated. They were, so they were not eaten. They were not ravaged in any way. They had three puncture wounds on their chest, or I, I did see some articles that said neck, but most said chest. And there was no blood in them or around them. 
Now, if it had been a wild animal, people would think that it would chew them or eat them or tear them apart. But other than missing blood, nothing was disturbed because they found these sheep, these farm animals completely drained of blood. You know, they were worried that some sort of creature had caused it. But at that time, no one had seen it. It was March of 1995. And then later that year, over 150 more farm animals and pets started turning up dead, all of them completely drained of blood. I'm surprised they didn't blame the witches. Everybody blames the witches. More attacks happened in 1995. So again, 150 farm animals and pets by August of that year. By the end of 1995, chupacabras had been blamed for more than 1,000 mysterious animal deaths. All of these animals died from blood loss and were found with no blood in the ground around them, no blood in their body and not having been eaten. And maybe one or two animals I have heard sometimes, um, especially if they're sick, sometimes coyotes or wild dogs or animals will kill another animal and not eat it. But this is over a thousand. All of them had been drained of blood. One thing, one misconception I think about chupacabra that people think is that they think it's something from just like the Southwest in Mexico. But I've heard in the past of sightings um, anywhere as far up as Maine. I have as well, even though it started in Puerto Rico. How did it get across the water? There's a lot of theories to that. In the beginning, they didn't know what was happening. And until a woman, Maria, Maria Tolentino was the first known witness to see what was causing these deaths. She says that she saw a creature that was about four foot high and it had wide set, very dark, scary eyes with very long, thin arms. It had three fingers. And Sounds it like an alien. It did stand up on two legs. She said it was kind of lizard looking and it had spikes all along its back. And so, again, this is more like the reptilian kind of chupacabras that people started saying, especially in uh, South America and in Puerto Rico and in Mexico. This is the there's two distinct types of chupacabras. And this is the first one. Maria Tolentino was the first witness and her description kind of went viral for the time in 1995. And it was picked up by different news stations and, and went all around. And then more witnesses started coming forward and their descriptions were all very, very similar to Maria's. And they all reported that some type of spikes or quills or feathers uh, in a ridge down its back, like a large dog. They described it as having a muzzle and having yeah, creepy red eyes. Oh, they always have red eyes. Yeah, they always do. Right. So for about five years, there were a lot of reports of chupacabras that looked like this in Mexico, Nicaragua, Argentina. Even like Florida, it started to come into the United States. People were reporting it. And around the same time, people would find usually pets or farm animals with bite marks, uh, odd bite marks, not like what would look like a full bite mark from an animal, but like two or three punctures and completely drained of blood. Did they ever get a human? There were reports that some humans... um, In 1996, uh, in Mexico and Miami, more attacks are starting to happen. And this uh, chupacabras, this uh, kind of alien reptile looking chupacabras was reported as as being seen around some of these attacks. I just didn't know if they just kind of were like a quote unquote threat to animals or 
a threat to humans as well. In the beginning, it was mostly animals. And then as the as time went on and it started to spread to um, North America and in Mexico and, and in the United States, then there were reports in Sonora, Mexico, Veracruz, uh, there were reports that people were killed and again, found completely drained of blood with odd wounds. Because that would, I, I, I'm just thinking, you know, fast forward to that news story that I read a few weeks ago about it being outside the zoo. That makes total sense. It went to the zoo to get food. Oh my God. Right. Most, again, most of the attacks are on animals and it it seems to particularly like goats and sheep and that type of animal in Calderon village in Sinaloa, which is in Northern Mexico, they actually started to form squads, vigilante squads, because they were finding all these goats bled dry and they're trying to figure out what was doing it. And there were reports of these creatures seen near the animals before they were found dead. They were telling people, keep your women and children locked up inside at night because they didn't know what was happening. Was really keep your goats locked up at night. <laughs> right. And it was reported there that one human was attacked by this, by this lizard looking spiked creature. And they did manage to escape. Some people report that it chitters at them or almost like it's trying to talk to them, like some sort of chattering noises that it makes. Like it's trying to communicate, but not in any form or fashion that we would get. That's right. Um, One, the Espinoza family in Mexico, uh, they reportedly saw this creature again, three to four feet high, scaly lizard type skin, clawed hands with three fingers. And they said that the creature was like mumbling and gesturing at them. So there have been people who have said it almost seems like it's trying to communicate with them when they see it. But didn't attack them? Did not attack them. That's what they said. Now, a lot of times people will describe a putrid smell. I know with some of these cryptids, that's almost like a Hallmark card for some of the cryptids. Like I know that uh, Sasquatch is reported to have like a really stinky smell. And so does Chupacabra. They often say that it smells like a wet dog. The reports do get into the United States in Florida, New Mexico, Texas in particular is a hotbed of sightings for Chupacabras, California as well. And I did ask my youngest daughter, she has friends all over the country and a couple in Canada. And I asked her if any of her friends had heard of chupacabras and they all had. And again, some of them were as far away as um, Minnesota, all the way up in Canada. I believe in Vancouver, Canada, one of them lives. And they had all heard of chupacabras. Two of them even said that one of them said her father and the other said his sibling would tell them tales of chupacabras to scare them and try to keep them in at night, even though nowhere near Puerto Rico or Mexico or the American Southwest, where most of these sightings have happened. So they seem to kind of originate from Puerto Rico. That's where I think some of these alien sightings kind of come in. They did kind of all of a sudden just appear in 1995 in Puerto Rico. Don't they have a ton of alien sightings reported in Puerto Rico, like on the regular? They do. And there is a theory that these are either aliens or some type of pet of aliens that escaped. Didn't Wasn't there an alien theory about like, we know the gray heads, love the gray heads. Yeah. Wasn't there a theory about lizard people? Or is that that just a movie I've seen one time? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there is a movie called Species that also came out in 1995. And some people do say that Maria's description of the chupacabras that she said she saw around the time all the animals were getting exsanguinated in her village. They say that it sounds very much like the alien creature in the movie Species that she had seen. 
They always say that movies like that are just made to prepare us for the truth that they haven't told us yet. I'm just saying. I kind of love that. I'm just saying. She had seen the movie. And so they say that that maybe she was just trying to get her 15 minutes of fame and described a creature that looked like the one she had just seen in the movies. But it did get picked up and then, like I said, kind of went viral. Interestingly enough, the South American, so the, there's that version of the Chupacabra that came from Puerto Rico. And then it gets a distinctly American twist. As does everything. You know, once it kind of hits Texas and, and California and New Mexico, now this kangaroo, lizard, spiky creature starts to resemble more of a more of a very large dog that sometimes stands upright and sometimes walks on all fours and has a, an extraordinary elongated muzzle and a it almost like a bear-like head on a dog-like body with a big long kangaroo rat tail. <laughs> and so this weird visual. Yeah, and this chupacabra creature is seen again mostly in New Mexico and Texas and there are sightings all over the place of of this creature. Phyllis Canyon 2016, she does a, or she was interviewed for the Texas Observer. She says June 2007 was the first time she saw a chupacabra. And she saw some type of hairless dog-like creature that was like blue-gray, very bony, very elongated. And shortly after she saw this strange creature, she saw that some of her chickens had had their throat bitten and were completely drained of blood, but nothing else had been eaten. At least she still had the chicken meat. Yeah, but ew, gross. If it was like chewed on by some alien creature, I'd be scared of catching some sort of weird alien disease. Right. Good point. (laughs) Over the next couple of days, she kept seeing this creature. It looked like some sort of large hairless dog with extra big teeth and strange colored. She tried to take a picture of it and actually got kind of a picture of it and became famous for a little bit, I guess. So, yeah, she actually has this creature stuffed and I'm looking at a picture of it right now and it looks like a dog. So I'm not really sure. But so she says she saw this chupacabra and it's definitely a chupacabra, she says, because the animals it killed, it only drank their blood. But it doesn't look anything like the chupacabra from Puerto Rico. Again, stood on two legs, kind of had a lizard head. And this very much looks like a, a dog with sarcoptic mange where all its hair's kind of fallen off and its skin's gotten very thick and gnarly. So they look now, scary. Are they, are they the same thing? Because they almost seem like two different animals. I would say the Southwestern American chupacabras and the, the Puerto Rican, Mexican, Latin America chupacabras do sound very much like two different creatures. Yeah. Our chupacabra sounds and looks much more like a very large dog. Like Wolfman. Kind of like a wolf man, but mostly walks on all fours, has a big bear-like head, extra large teeth. My idea of a good time. Right. And still is definitely drinking the blood of animals, which you wouldn't think if it was a wolf or a coyote or a wild dog, you'd think they would tear it to shreds and kind of eat the meat. Whereas these only drink the blood, kind of sticking with the goat sucking kind of thing. So maybe the lizards in Puerto Rico are actually the lizard people aliens and then the dog creatures of the southwest and united states are the alien pets maybe that's possible 
I, I kind of wonder that myself, if it's just two different things. The the thing that I can't think kind of freaks me out is where did they just all of a sudden come from randomly out of the blue in 1995? Like, where the hell did they come from? And they came with a vengeance because they, they killed over a thousand animals. And throughout the United States, there have been different times where farmers and ranchers have found groupings of animals deceased just with all their blood drained. In Riverside, California... Uh, it was mid-July, this gentleman named Carrie Shukar, he said his cat freaked out and ran outside the house. And when he got outside chasing his cat, he saw the ugliest thing he had ever seen about 80 feet away. He said it had teeth jutting out in every direction. Oh, shit. It was standing up on hind feet and it looked like the biggest coyote you had ever seen, but it had a long tail like a possum. And he said the creature snarled at him and then started making like chattering noises before it finally left. He says he thinks it was cussing him out because it was hunting his cat for breakfast and he stole its breakfast from it. That's why I say aliens, because I think they're trying to communicate. They sound like they're smart. Now, here's another story. And I kept looking it up because I was absolutely sure someone had to be pulling my leg with this name. MJ Blunt. I was sure they were shitting me. I was like, this has to be the onion. But no, MJ Blunt is a real person. Mary Jane Blunt. She is an early childhood educator in Riverside County, California. And she also saw Chupacabra in 2017. And she said it was the strangest looking creature that she had ever seen. She also gave an interview to the Mercury News, the paper, the Mercury News. And she says... That it was the strangest looking animal she'd ever seen. It had the ears of a deer, kind of like that picture, that Texas picture. It had very long, pointy ears. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it had a long muzzle or snout like a like a wolf, no oh. hair, tail like a rat, and long hindquarters like a like a kangaroo. And she said she thought it might be some sort of weird coyote or a sick wolf, but she said there were too many differing characteristics for it to be that. That's kind of what it sounds like. Like I actually saw the visual footage from the Texas Zoo and you can actually Google that. You can actually find the still images and that's actually what it kind of looks like. June, it was June 10th, 2022, Amarillo, Texas Zoo. You can definitely see the pictures. And this one does kind of look wolf-like, more dog-like, much like the South Southwest American chupacabras. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's standing on two feet like the Puerto Rican chupacabra. But you can tell those are not human legs. The way they're angled, they're angled like animal legs. Like I can't, I, there's no way I can like better. And they seem they very, very long. They seem yeah. like a lot of people described the chupacabras as having very elongated legs. So even though these seem like two different species, they do have a lot of similarities. The elongated bones. It looks like a bunch of different animals put together. And that might give a little credence to one of the other theories is that this is some sort of U.S. government experiment gone wrong and that it's escaped and that they've done some type of animal hybrid things and it's gotten out. And that might explain some of these. And like you said, why, why did it appear so suddenly on the cryptid scene? Well, and the shitty thing is, is that the government's pretty shady, so you kind of can't rule that out. (laughs) That's true. That's right. You never know. You never know what's going on. And of course, they're not going to tell us. They lied to us about UFOs for so many years. What else are they lying about? Did they make chupacabras? Did chupacabras come here with the alien to alien ship crash land? And they oh, and they were here on vacation and their pet dog got loose. Yeah. 
That's probably what happened. And they probably, because Puerto Rico is a... A beautiful destination. But it's a U.S. territory. That's what I was looking for. Yes. And so they could have gone ahead and done some sneaky government bullshit in Puerto Rico. And then this thing got let loose. And here we are. That's right. Maybe they're there trying to get around some of the rules. Exactly. So, and then experiment gone wrong. It's loose. Here we are. It got on a Navy ship and made its way to Texas. You know, that sounds awfully specific, Shell. What do you know that you're not telling us? I know, right? (laughs) But it's almost like you're hearing a lot about it, especially lately. You know, like you said, last month, that news article, Chupacabra out and about. It's, it's definitely more of a socialite than Sasquatch. <laughs> That's right. They like to have their picture tape taken much more often. And it's, it's interesting because they showed up in 1995. They were like, boom, right there in, in the lexicon. They're, they're all over the place. And they haven't really let up since. I mean, they're still being cited. There's, there are still animals mysteriously being drained of blood places. And, and obviously evolving and procreating along the way. Obviously. I, I just... I'm very interested to see all the different species, breeds, like dog breeds, I guess. Like, is this the Labradoodle of the Chupacabras world? Whereas <laughs> they, you know, did, did like the reptilian Chupacabras come to Florida and find some mangy dog that it thought was cute? And now we have the New Mexico and Texas Chupacabras? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was a Sasquatch. <gasps> a Chupacabras and a Sasquatch had a baby. And that's why we have the the hairless, hairy, weird looking combo. Yes. Yes. Sasquatch and Chupacabra. The Sasquatch has migrated down from Canada along that corridor and yeah, met up with the Chupacabras that, that got abandoned here by their alien family when they on vacation. I don't know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think I've had enough of this weed. I'm I've gone around the bend, Shell. That's okay. It's it's probably time for us to to wrap it up on our, our 25th episode. We, we've been fun. We've been silly this time. And we have. We've had some pretty interesting, silly stories this time. I, I don't think I want to see a chupacabra. They just sound scary. Yeah, but I, I still want to see the redheaded hitchhiker on Route 44, though. I do. I do. I think mine's the scarier story. Yours, I definitely want to grab some joints and, and go and that meet app. And go I want to go out. meet the guy. Let's go meet him. Let's go talk I to him. I want to go meet the guy. And just like, dude, what's your story? You're so cute. Tell us all about you. What's going on? Do you like weed? Yeah, right. Right. Do you want to smoke some good stuff, buddy? You know, he's a lumberjack. I think all lumberjacks probably get high. We don't know if he's a lumberjack. We of just course he's a lumberjack. He's in the flannel. He's <laughs> he wears flannel. He's wandering the woods at night. I mean, Massachusetts, it's all trees, right? You guys just live in the woods out there? We do not live out in the woods. I don't think there's lumberjacks here. It's so rural. You got you're all lumberjacks out there. Oh Lord. Aren't you? We're bringing Layla to Salem, folks. Lumberjacks who eat lots of lobster. That's what I think of Massachusetts. We're going to bring Layla to Salem where she can eat a lumberjack lobster-eating hitchhiker. Oh, wow. Damn. In a kilt. In a kilt. (laughs) Put him in a kilt, baby. I'm so there. Yes. All right. You know all my weaknesses. Lumberjack in a kilt. (laughs) Give me a Scottish lumberjack every day, man. I'm so down. Six foot tall with a beard with a big joint. Wow, you just fucking described my husband. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I do have a type. (laughs) Wow, I guess that could describe your husband. No shit. You do have a type. I guess he's not really redhead. There's a little red in his beard, but that's about it. 
All right. Well, that's about it for episode 25 of the Stoned Witches Hour. We got a little wacky, a little high, a little little creepy and cryptid. And took some tips from AAA. <laughs> yeah, you, AAA had some useful information. I, as always, love it. Love it. Thank you, AAA. And uh, not who I think I would turn to for like ghosty inspiration, but I loved it. Great story. And if you're looking to get giggly high today, folks, please refer back to the beginning of the episode and smoke the same weed we're smoking because apparently it makes you out of control. (laughs) This apple fritters, boy. I'm not sure about this one. It's good stuff. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll see you next time on 26, where we're going to try to be responsible enough to do the flip. Shell will be Layla. Layla will be Shell. Hijinks will ensue. Tune in next time to see if we actually go through with it. (laughs) We'll see you next week at Wednesday, 420 a.m. at the Stoned Witches Hour. Peace out, stoners. (laughs) Stay high. Laters.